like the Buffalo Bills. What's up, Buffalonians? It's your boy, Nick English. If you want the facts, the stats, and all the sports info in 716, you have come to the right place. This is English Encore, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. I'm your host, Nick English. I greatly appreciate everyone tuning in for today's episode. It might be a bit of a shorter one. We got some longer episodes coming next week. I'm going to be hopping on with the guys from the 42 North 78 West Sports Show. On Monday night, we're going to record a top 10 mock draft for the NFL Draft. And then we'll be doing a live stream for the draft on Thursday next week. So stay tuned for that. They just had an awesome interview with Stevie Johnson, former Buffalo Bills. So if you want to go check that out, you can go on my Instagram and find the links to their stuff there. And if you do not follow me on Instagram already, please give me a follow at English Encore Podcast. It'd be greatly, greatly appreciated. Today, I'm going to be focusing more on the personnel side of both the Bills and the Sabres. I'm going to talk about what Brandon Bean had to say in his pre-draft press conference, as well as Don Granado, the interim coach for the Buffalo Sabres, what he had to say on WGR and why I think fans are way overreacting to what he had to say and everyone thinks he's going to be the next head coach of the Buffalo Sabres. And I'm here to tell you why that would be a huge, huge, huge mistake by the team. So we'll start with the Buffalo Bills. Brandon Bean had a lot of interesting things to say in his presser you know, before the NFL draft. A lot of questions on if he would move up, whether he would trade down, what positions they're looking at, what about the medical things. Josh Allen and Tremaine Edmonds' contract extensions. Will they be extended? Will they pick up the fifth-year option? Things of that nature. The one thing that I do want to start with is it was very interesting that when they asked him about how to beat Patrick Mahomes immediately, you know, he talks about speed at the linebacking position specifically, having depth at cornerback and in the secondary, and being able to get after Patrick Mahomes just like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did in the Super Bowl. So what that tells me right away is that Brandon Bean is very comfortable with what they have on offense. I think because he was able to get Emmanuel Sanders, a guy he's been looking to trade for and acquire multiple times over the past few years, he pretty much thinks their offense is set. Not to say they don't add an offensive player or two in the draft, but I think that really stands out saying that he is going to be lean defensive heavy in this draft what position that's going to be we don't really know and we don't know what his intentions are in the first round however there are a few players on the defensive side of the ball that I think can be ruled out one of which I never was interested in one player that I really liked that I actually had in a mock draft I did recently but Brandon Bean was very clear that because of COVID and you know all the things going on at the combine that you know a lot of players didn't even get x-rays at the combine who had previous injuries so to me, that says right away that he's not going to be willing to take a big risk on a player that's had an injury history. So the two big names that jump to mind for me right away is Jalen Phillips, the defensive edge rusher from Miami, and Caleb Farley, the cornerback from Virginia Tech. I really like Farley's game, but you know he does have an injury history. Phillips, I'm a little more concerned with the off-the-field stuff and a little bit of his medical history as well. 
So to me, that says that some of those type of players are not going to be in the Bills' mind to take. And, you know, Bean was very open to trading up and trading back, but he also said how important it was to have those day two and day three picks where you can still get players to contribute right away. It's a very deep cornerback class, and it wouldn't surprise me if a guy like Greg Newsom um, from Northwestern is falling down the board a little bit, that they might move up, you know, two or three picks to try to get him, or maybe they wait and take a flyer um, on a guy, you know, from Penn State or Michigan, one of those edge rushers. Uh, Jason Owe is probably one of the bigger names. But the thing that I don't want to criticize Bean too much because he's done a great job, but I was a little um, taken back when he said that at pick 30 that they're willing to get a player that doesn't necessarily have to be an impact player immediately. To me, it's a bit concerning just because with the small window that you have in the current cap situation where you know you have to pay Josh Allen, Tremaine Edmonds, and some of these other guys coming up, you only get guys on rookie deals for so long. And the Bills window is right now. And I'm not saying I'm fully against it, but I'd rather, much rather draft a player that's going to be an instant impact right now. You know, AJ Epinesa might have a good year this year, but how great would it be if you get another edge rusher that can do what everyone hopes AJ Epinesa can do in year two and year one? The Bills are in a position to win a Super Bowl, and I'm not trying to sit here and wait for talent to develop. And I know, you know, it's very hard because this is the first time Bills fans can really talk about stuff like this. Um, so it's a very interesting conversation. I really do think the Bills are going to try and move up in that day two, day three, whether that's trading into the fourth round where they don't have a pick or moving up on day two, day three, or excuse me, in round two, round three, for an edge rusher, a cornerback, a defensive tackle. Um, you know, Tyler Shelvin, the Defensive tackle from LSU is a very intriguing name. Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, we'll see what happens with the running backs. It seems like they're fully content with Zach Moss and Devlin Singletary at the moment. But we will see what happens. So to me, Brandon Bean is leaving everything on the table. Part of me thinks maybe he's just saying a lot of these things to not tip his hand. Maybe he's saying he doesn't want to have an impact player necessarily at 30 because he wants to trade up for a certain player that he has an eye on. We'll never really know what Brandon Bean's thinking. We know that he's done a great job. He's been adaptive in knowing what his needs are. And if he is truly drafting for the future, I wouldn't be surprised if they go after a guy like Elijah Moore, the wide receiver from Ole Miss, in the first round because Josh Allen has been so successful when they had four great wide receivers and you know Cole Beasley's getting older. Emmanuel Sanders more than likely is going to be here for one year. Gabriel Davis is going into year two, year three, next year. And, you know, what made Josh so successful is these four wide receiver sets and giving him the ability to just throw the ball all over the field. Get ahead of it now while these players are aging and start getting these replacement guys that in two to three years are going to be able to step in and be immediate impact guys once these other guys fade out. As far as the Josh Allen and Tremaine Edmonds contracts are concerned, I think Bills fans need to be prepared that maybe Edmonds' fifth-year option doesn't get exercised, but that doesn't mean that they don't value Tremaine Edmonds and they don't want to bring him back. A lot of it's going to deal with cap because when you pick up that fifth-year option, you are stuck 
with that specific cap hit there's really no wiggle room where if you can get the extension done you can play more around with the number you want in that fifth year so to me i think personally they're gonna get an extension done with josh allen by may 2nd i believe the date is and i'm hoping they can get it done with Jermaine edmonds he's only going to continue to get better i know he's taking a lot of criticism which is insane because he hasn't even reached his peak he's not even 23 years old yet to me i wouldn't be overly shocked if they're not able to get a contract extension done that they don't pick up that fifth year option let him play it out this year and then just pay him what he wants when the time comes so bills fans just need to be prepared for when that happens they're gonna take care of josh they're gonna get the contract done it's just a matter of the money brandon beans a cap wizard we've seen what he's done in the offseason and i have no um you know hesitation that he's gonna get these guys the money they deserve and put the bills in the best position going forward that's really all i have on all of beans comments prior to the draft I'm sure we'll dig into it a little bit more in the future, especially once the Bills actually start making um, their draft picks and see how the draft goes, see how true to his you know words he was saying were in his press conference. But I think the bigger thing that's on a lot of Buffalo fans' minds is Don Granado. You know, Donnie Meatballs is what a lot of people on Twitter are calling him. And, you know, first and foremost, I just want to say that Don Granado has done an excellent job for what the roster is right now, the situation that he was put in, and the team overall has been playing better. They're buying into what he's selling. He's talking the fans' language. He's talking the players' language. It seems like the players love him. You know, he just was on WGR, said he likes playing in those 7-6 games because if you're not winning, you better be entertaining. And he says that, he wants the players to, you know, play more carefree and not worry about making mistakes as much. And you could tell that it's been a better product on the ice. He's still not above 500, but he's already got more wins than Ralph Kruger did in the entire season and a lot less games. You know, Granado's done a good job developing these young players like Dylan Cousins, Casey Middlestat, Bjorg's been good since he came over from Boston. Tage Thompson's been playing better. We've seen a completely rejuvenated Rasmus Dahlin and Henry Okiaru on the blue line. And, you know, I'm not against bringing Don Granado back as the head coach, but you sure as hell better go through the right process. Because, yes, it's great that the Sabres are playing well right now, but they're still not above 500 under him. At some point as an organization, you need to have these expectations that you need to win every year and you need to make the playoffs every year. That's something that the Sabres can say they're doing, but they need to actually mean it, not just give off this persona that it's going to happen. Even if you add back Jack Eichel and Linus Allmark to this equation, the Sabres are still not going to be a playoff team. They probably are barely at 500, if not still below 500. And I think it's just absurd that all these fans are clamoring for Granado to be the head coach because they've played better. Like, they could have brought in any head coach, and they probably have a better chance of doing the same exact thing Granado's doing than what Ralph Kruger did. Like, Ralph Kruger had like five or six wins. It's not hard. You could throw Adam Mayer... Um, you know, Andrew Peters, Craig Ravay, whoever you want to throw behind the bench probably can get you a similar result 
to what Don Granado's doing. And the reason why everyone's loving Don Granado is because, you know, Sam Reinhardt's at center now, which is what people have been, a lot of people have wanted to see for a while. But, like, a lot of these moves that the Sabres are, like, happening right now, it's just pure luck. And, like, yes, it's luck in a good way right now, but it was so much luck in a bad way early in the season. Like, R2 Rusalainen, Will Borgen, uh, Jacob Bryson, all these guys, Casey Middlestat, Tate Thompson, these guys that should have been in the lineup from day one over the Cody Eakins, the Kyle Laposos, um, Rasmus Asplund, another great example of this. Like, you're paying Cody Eakin $2 million for something Rasmus Asplund could have done the whole season at a way higher clip for not even a million dollars. And it's just so frustrating because the only reason these players even played was because of injuries to guys like Jake McCabe or when Rasmus Ristolainen got COVID. Um, Will Borgen's injury forced other guys to come up. Now you're seeing Mateus Samuelson play in over Matt Irwin, which we should have done a lot sooner. Middle stat. Thompson, Aspen, guys that should have been in over Eakin, Reeder, Oposo. And I know Reeder's played well, but he's a veteran. Like, we need to see what these young guys can give us. And, you know, it's great that Granado's getting the most out of them, but these guys should have been playing all year, but they haven't because the organization is just so poorly run. Like, we barely have a scouting department. We have no idea what we're doing. We finally hired an assistant GM to kind of help Kevin Adams out. But, it's just going to be, to me, I feel like the Sabres are going to hire this guy because by the end of the season, he's going to be right around or just below 500, and the players like him. And you're like, oh my God, we're going to get Eichel back. And Allmark, if he can just stay healthy, and Darlene and them are going to continue to get better. Well, you have to pay these guys, and you have to find more wingers to contribute. And you still have Kyle Oposo and Cody Eakin on the books. You have to find ways to get rid of them and move them. And if you're just going to hire him because he's the cheap option, like, that's ludicrous. You're an NHL franchise. Terry Bigelow was, was saying his sole reason for existence for the Sabres to win a Stanley Cup. If that's true, go out and, you know, actually spend your money on a real head coach. We've gone through so many joking head coaches. Um, there's guys that don't know what they're doing. Go out and actually go through a proper coaching search. Go through all the college rank guys. Interview Don Granado, see what he has to say. Um, you know, go out and hire some, or go through these coaches at the end of the year that get fired. Go look at guys that are free agents like now, right now, Claude Julien, Bruce Boudreaux. Bruce Boudreaux has never been below 500 in his career as an NHL coach. You can say what you want about him. You could hate his style of play. You could hate him as a coach. You could love him as a coach. You could like him. Like, whatever you have to say about him, wherever he's gone, he's won games. That's what the Sabres need. The Sabres need to win games. You know, Granado can say he wants to score goals and make the team fun and exciting. But, like, last night, we lost 2-0. to zero. We're very boring all game. And we get shut out. Like, like, he's done a decent job. But I just hate going on Twitter and social media. And everyone's clamoring for Granado to be the head coach. Because he sounds good in the media. And the players like him. Well... Who cares if the players like him? You need to have someone that's going to get in here, get the message through to players, but win games. Don Granado has not proven anything at any level that he, you know, is a winner, at least at like a high NHL level. Maybe he's won some stuff with 
you know, USA and things of that nature. But you need to produce at the NHL level like the Bills are winning right now. Get the Sabres to that point. Stop waiting. Like everyone that's clamoring for Granado, what are we going to do in a year or two from now when he has the same record as Ruff Kruger or he's a 500 coach or below 500 and we're still missing the playoffs and being the laughing stock of the NHL? And everyone's going to be like, you know, maybe we should have went through an actual coaching search. Like, just make sure you do the whole process right. If Kevin Adams truly believes going through the whole coaching process that Don Granado is the right guy for this job, then so be it. But I'm just so tired of everyone without even thinking about interviewing people are saying that they need to give him the head coaching job right now because the Sabres are like 6-8-3, and three, you know, since he took over. Um, you know, I don't want to get too much more into it because they have been playing a lot better. Um, hopefully they can get some games here against the Bruins. They got two more coming up. We're going to see the debut of Uka Pekalukunen in one of these two games. So I'll definitely do um, a podcast next week talking about him, seeing if he may or may not be ready next year. We'll see how he plays. Um, but that's pretty much going to do it. Like I said, a little bit of a shorter episode today. I'll be back again on Monday night. I'm going to be recording. So expect an episode probably drop Tuesday at some point. Um, with the guys from the 14 North 78 West Sports Show. And then me and Zach will be back next weekend at some point talking about the NBA playoffs and, you know, the coach of the year, player or MVP, rookie of the year, things of that nature. But I appreciate everyone for tuning in. If you don't follow me on Instagram, please follow me at an English Encore Podcast. I will be getting some guests coming up. I am trying, everyone. Please just bear with me. It's a tough time right now. But, um, yeah, I appreciate everyone for sticking with me, um, you know, through all the episodes and everything so i'll be back again on tuesday next week i'm not gonna be doing anything um on friday or saturday this weekend i have some family in town and some other things going on i'm getting my covid vaccine first dose um so i'm gonna be pretty busy but stay tuned next tuesday appreciate everyone once again hope everyone's staying safe and healthy this has been english encore podcast buffalo's favorite sports channel Connection, Allen and Diggs. No one circles the wagon like the Buffalo Bills.